Hello, hello, wherever you are, and welcome to The Media Beat, episode 11. I am Oliver Turnbull, and it is my pleasure to be talking to Maureen Kerr and Claire Savernier today, as ever. You will know by now that Maureen heads the media practice at Arthur D. Little, the oldest management consultancy firm in the world, and is making great strides there, making a huge splash there, advising clients uh, on media strategy and investment strategy as well. She is joined by Claire Tavernier, who's been a colleague of hers for years and years and years, is a renowned industry commentator and has worked in-house as, as a consultant uh, in all areas of media, which makes a fascinating uh, duo of people to talk to about all things media, uh, things that I don't know at all, but I'm very much interested in and have learned a lot in the last 10 episodes and we're now on number 11. Uh, hello to both of you. We've got quite a few things to get through today, so we'll crack on. Um, we're going to be talking about MIPCOM, uh, which for those of you who don't know is a massive media conference. We're also going to talk about social media, which we've touched on a few times in previous episodes, but we're going to have a real deep dive, I think is the expression consultants use, a deep dive on media. We have our usual rumours section, and we'll be doing long, short at the end. So plenty to fit in. So let's start with MIPCOM. And Claire, I guess for those people who uh, don't know what it is, maybe you could just give us a little bit of a background, um, what's happened post-pandemic uh, and the things that we've um, uh, picked yes, up. Yes, well, that. MIPCOM is, is uh, a very big TV, television trade show. It's been going on for a long time and it was... Uh, it's it's there are two of them they happen in Cannes uh, in France one in October which is MIPCOM and there's a sort of sister show in in April which is MIP TV and those traditionally are the two big moments in the year where producers and broadcasters get together from around the world and sell buy and sell formats and programs so if you're Fremantle and you're selling got talent around the world you'll go to MIPCOM and you you will in one in one week talk to every single broadcaster in the world and try to sell got talent if you are um, a producer of high-end drama and you've got your new your new show ready you will do the same you will go around and try to sell that program uh, MIPCOM used to be a, an enormous event uh, when you'd have you'd be flying in stars, you'd be uh, you'd have lavish parties and dinners and all the sort of crazy stuff. We the production companies used to rent yachts on the Riviera where you'd go for the for to have drinks in the evenings. However, pre-pandemic in the sort of late 2010s, I guess, if we had to name it, it had become less important, primarily for two reasons. The first one is it's actually now very easy to talk to people around the world without flying into a city in the south of France. You know, you have phone, you have email, you have video conference, etc. So a lot of deals were being done separately from MIPCOM and MIPTV. This moment of everybody getting together was just less important. And secondly, because of the rise of streamers and global rights. So if you did a deal with Netflix for your new show, you really didn't need to come to MIPCOM and do you know, 17 different deals with 17 different broadcasters. So there was a sense of a sort of a lack of energy in MIPCOM and MIPTV. Uh, people, companies who used to send hundreds of delegates, I'm not exaggerating, would send fewer, the stands were getting a bit smaller, and it just felt like it wasn't getting the energy. And then, obviously, 
the the pandemic happened and and for some of us suddenly i was part of that it felt like maybe this was the end of the big tv trade show i mean you know we survived through the pandemic without it netflix and its uh competitors were getting bigger and bigger uh but it's come back and it's come back bigger than ever and i am quite surprised by that it had eleven thousand attendees it, uh, I know for a fact that a lot of very large production companies such as BBC Studios, Banerjee, ITV Studios sent hundreds of people, of delegates. The size and the quality of the stands, and this is a big thing for TV people, you know, to have the biggest and most glamorous stand was, was bigger than ever. I mean, I think BBC Studios, I mean, I don't know how much to spend, but it must have been in the millions, given the size of the, yes, Maureen is saying millions, and I think that's right. And um, it's just become this big thing again, which I didn't quite, I didn't really expect because, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an in-person trade show. But interestingly, a lot of the chatter is saying that it's moved on and that, that makes a lot of sense to me. It's moved on from just a pure buy and sell of tapes and formats, which it used to be, and moved on to negotiations of co-productions. And obviously we've talked a little bit about this. It's becoming more and more complicated to finance big, large scale TV shows. And so finding co-production partners is very critical. And sometimes these co-productions can be 20 or 30 people together. So the opportunity to see a lot of them in person is is uh, potentially really, really interesting. And so that seems to have been a lot of the of the discussions going on at NIPCOM this year. But I have a little bit of FOMO that I didn't go. And that's the first time in many years that I felt that way. It's funny, isn't it? You, you wonder, uh, as an outsider, as a non-media person, you, you wonder whether media people, by their very nature, by their personality, they quite like the face-to-face. You know, my, my, my background is very much IT, and um, I just hated going to trade shows because <laughs> they were just, you know, uh, sort of pretty flat, and it was uh, a lot of people just wanted to uh, uh, get, get drunk and stuff. But I guess I wonder if the, the personality of the media type means that they enjoy socialising. My friends who are in media, I can just imagine just being in their element uh, with all their colleagues around. Ma- Maureen, do you, in- do you enjoy these, uh, do you enjoy these get togethers? You're a very vivacious and, uh, and um, social person. I, I do indeed, Oliver. And, uh, and uh, I had the good fortune of uh, being the mergers and acquisitions director for one of the largest trade show owners. Uh, it was a, a FTSE 100 company called United Business Media. It's now uh, uh, merged with uh, Informa. Uh, and they run uh, very large trade shows. So, um, so yes, I, I used to venture to China, to, to LA, to other places where they were selling tractors and where they were selling <laughs> farming products. So it was really sexy stuff, you know. And so when I joined Fremantle, I was just absolutely pleased that I could actually <laughs> I could go to Cannes walk along the croisette and have my glass of rosé. But uh, but more, more, more seriously, um, I'm probably not as surprised at, uh, at, uh, at the number of people uh, that attended Cannes uh, this year. The only reason for that, the only reason for that is probably because I was privy to some survey work. So uh, last year I carried out several surveys for an investor to look specifically at the structural changes uh, of uh, trade shows and face-to-face conferences. And so I got some visibility as to, you know, uh, people's sort of uh, concerns about 
tra- not trade shows, but just conferences online or seminars online, people were really missing that serendipitous moment. You know, when you're walking down the street or you go to a cocktail and you just bump into people and you have chats. Uh, and, and that's missing in an online environment. So face-to-face really does bring that out. So, so, so uh, uh, you know, travel restrictions were dropped, you know, disposable income available to some of the, uh, some of the, uh, some of the, uh, the companies. So people were let loose and, you know, people had paid for attendance at these shows and so went. So I, I, I'm not surprised. It'll be interesting to see if they hit those numbers again next year. Uh, but, but that said, let's not dampen the sort of spirited, uh, spirit of, of, of face-to-face and can in particular. So uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I think face-to-face is important, relevant. Uh, virtual has its place, of course. Um, as 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 we are doing this virtually, remotely, all f- three of us. Um, but yeah, I, I think face to face is uh, is an integral part of uh, sales lead generation, um, and just to be able to touch stuff or talk to people, you know, face to face is important. So that's that's my take. The one thing that we were all surprised by, though, which is should be in the rumor section, uh, but actually it's a fact, is that Sony wasn't there, and we don't understand why. Sony didn't turn up. It could well be that they were just so busy uh, uh, making various acquisitions and in particular just closed the acquisition of a production, um, post-production house. I mean, Sony wasn't there and and Netflix, sorry, Sony wasn't there and Netflix wasn't there either, which is interesting as well. Uh, I, I mean... The, the other thing that I was told by a, by a big uh, senior exec in one of the big independent production companies is that for them, some of the biggest uh, the, the value of these trade shows is, is getting the internal people together. And remember that a Banerjee, a BBC studio or a Fremantle is going to have staff around the world they have offices in so many different countries and for them this the company meetings that traditionally happen just before uh mipcom opens are a very very important part of uh of the experience of can and it's so you the fact that you can double up have your company meeting make sure that internally people are aligned that they get the same message that they meet that they have conversations face to face and then being able to tag that onto a trade show, which may generate some business opportunities. I think that that's a very attractive thing. I don't think they're going to do that twice a year. So I don't think April is ever going to be as big as it once was. I mean, they used to do that twice a year, but I think that's, that's probably gone, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was still relatively big next year, but yeah, Netflix as well as Sony didn't show up. That physical thing is quite interesting, isn't it? When we came out of the pandemic and you met people and you met people that you got quite close to virtually and then you actually met them and you're, oh, blimey, you're tall. You're, you're three-dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> or you're, uh, yeah, golly, you're, um, you look, you, you look stronger than I thought you'd look when, uh, when you were on. I have to say it makes a bit of a difference when people say, oh, I've just been away to Cannes as opposed to what I used to do and it would be like, I've just been away to Stevenage or whatever on an IT conference. But I, I must say... We, we, we did have a practice meeting recently and it was really, really nice to see everybody. Uh, we're, we're human beings, we're animals, aren't we? We like to look, feel, smell maybe even each other. 
<laughs> there wasn't too much smelling going on in the conference I was at, but you know what I mean. There were just like uh, it's just it's just nice to actually be physically in the same room. So I guess the pandemic has taught us that, which is quite sweet in a way. That's very interesting. Well, I, I hope you get to go uh, next year, Maureen. I bet you will. In fact, I bet one hundred percent that uh, that you uh, somehow managed to manage. I to I, I wager I wager that Claire and I will be there and we will be doing this podcast. Oh, that would be amazing. Live. Exactly, exactly. So watch, save the date, save the date. Right, and I will put uh, £1,500 on the fact that I will be here in my little hovel at home uh, as you are (laughs) sipping your rosé, as you say, uh, Maureen. But uh, yeah, I I won't in any way uh, be jealous. I think that's a great idea. Live from Cannes, that's absolutely fantastic idea. Um, So I guess we have to move on. Um, So we've talked about social media a lot uh, here and there um, but we felt that it probably deserved its own section so I know uh, you you guys have got a lot to uh, talk about I know uh, we're, we're connected now on Be Real me and Claire it's really nice to get insight into the reality of your life Claire again looks slightly more glamorous than mine um, but yeah social media what um, what are the what, what are the main trends what are you seeing what's shocking what what are the stats saying? Um, Maureen, um, start with you. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's some interesting stats out uh, the last week or two. Uh, and let's hone in on TikTok. So a couple of things with TikTok. So um, I think it was Bernstein, uh, the uh, investment house, the research house, um, or the research side of Bernstein that came out with some stats. And um, and Claire, you can uh, you can uh, correct me if I get these uh, uh, awry. But um, uh the understanding is that, of course, we've seen the meteoric rise of TikTok over the last couple of years, uh, but they apparently people are uh, logging it, sorry, viewing the website, uh, which is significantly greater than views on Google. So that's one sort of fantastic stat. Um, the understanding is in the last sort of two, three years, they have grown to almost like 70% um uh, uh, as well so uh, uh, and also um that a significant proportion of people are are watching looking at uh tinkering with putting up videos on tiktok uh, uh to the tune of 80 minutes per day so people's media consumption patterns have significantly changed and lent in towards tiktok and away from the likes of facebook and youtube so there's a stat that says you know uh that 10% growth uh, has only been seen and witnessed by Facebook and uh, and YouTube, whereas as I mentioned earlier, it's like almost seventy percent of views uh, of have exploded across uh, TikTok. We're not all surprised by that because we have seen the meteoric rise. Um, um, and 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 the other thing is 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 something to do with, and I'm going to touch on be real in a minute, uh, and that is TikTok. I don't think stands still. TikTok is exploring loads of things. So TikTok came on to the scene with, you know, a little video and some music and and, and so on. But it's evolving into multiple revenue streams and it's trying and experimenting with a lot of stuff. And one in particular that we've picked up is that uh, it's it's, it's pushing a TikTok shop. So it's moving into e-commerce. It hasn't been as successful in the UK at bringing in uh, creators to its UK shop, but in the US, it's almost the challenger to Amazon. So it's it's potentially going to be setting up a fulfillment 
um, logistics uh, machine to bring goods, uh, sell goods and bring goods to you. So I think it's fascinating. So they're my two interesting sort of stats on, on, on TikTok. Uh, but, the, but, but, but the reason for mentioning this is to set up, as I said, Be Real. Be Real has seen a significant rise uh, in uh, in its growth, and Be Real is one it's of Claire's favorite <laughs> favorite startups. And I was, it's French, and I was staggered. I was staggered to see that in April, there's something like four million downloads, uh, and now it's it's. I've seen a statistic that says twenty five to thirty. I think it is. Let me just double check my notes. Active users. Monthly active users are 25 to 30 million, which is staggering. Um, but let's sort of raise our hands to say, mm, that might sound great, but it's not profitable yet. It's not monetizing its platform. It's not monetizing its users. Uh, and in order to be sustainable, it will need to quickly establish that monetizable platform and, and take heed, take heed, be real, uh, look to a snap or look to uh, you know TikTok, they are completely different from what they started out being. So you know, snap it's disappearing photos, Instagram it's filters, um, you know, TikTok now an e-commerce engine. So be real, be real. <laughs> Try and make nice. some money. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely. But I'll I'll, I'll I'll hand over to to Claire because I know Be Real is one of her favorites. It really truly is, and, it, and she uses it avidly. She's probably one of those. I, uh, most I love active Be Real because I get to see what my daughters are doing every day, mostly. Uh, and I I think it's moving on from Be Real because I agree with you, Maureen. It doesn't have a business model. It's question marks around how sustainable it is, but it's certainly having its moment right now. So it'll be interesting to see whether it manages to evolve, whether it gets bought up by somebody, uh, lots of options for it. I think uh, a, a couple of things around social media. First of all, the pivot to video has been fast and furious. And that I think is very interesting. TikTok, YouTube has been around for many, many years, obviously, but uh, both uh, Facebook and Instagram have been, and Snapchat to some extent have been trying to move to video, but it really is with the explosion of TikTok that video has taken off as the backbone of social media at the moment, which is an interesting conspiracy, the opposite of that. So it's, it's taking a completely different approach. So video has become the measure of success for a lot of this. And video is great because video means you stay on the platform longer because it takes longer to watch. And so people can do more things with you because you're, you're on the platform. And in fact, uh, TikTok is now the app that is most in the US is more used than Netflix for the under 35 in the US, which is incredible in terms of the time that you're able to spend on this platform. So video critical to the success of social media. Uh, the other interesting thing that's happening with social media is the space they're taking in ad spend. And I think we we know that social, that social advertising is large, but I've just recently read a forecast from Zenith that says that in 2022, it's going to account for 25% of expenditure on advertising across all media. That's for just social media ad spend, uh, which is incredible and a complete reversal from where we were. And it, there's, there are still quite a lot of questions about how effective it is. It's obviously very targeted. There's also been a lot of discussion around how much social media platforms track what you do on other places, etc. 
But what's the third? So we've got video, we've got social ad spend, which is increasing really, really fast. And then the third bit is what me, um, Maureen was alluding to, which is social commerce, which is selling things on the platform, which is slightly different from the social ad spend. And TikTok is definitely moving in that direction. TikTok aims to be everything. It aims to be the Google. So it aims to have the search engine, the video, the shopping, the, you know, the, the messaging, etc. That that's what it is in the in in China, and that's what it wants to become. But it's not. They're not the only ones. Obviously, Instagram has actively tried to push commerce on its platform, and it hasn't quite succeeded to the extent that they were hoping. So there isn't really YouTube you know, tried a few years ago and didn't quite get there. There's a very marked reluctance for people to give away payment details across social media platforms. Now, TikTok, interestingly, uh, is trying to get around this uh, by partnering with with um, Shopify, which is a platform that already exists and that people Shopify. trust and that, that could manage that could allow you to buy things on TikTok without having to give your credit card details. But giving your credit card details to a social media platform, people are not happy with this. They've never been happy with this on Google. They've never been happy with this on, on Facebook. And I suspect they would have the same barrier with TikTok. So this linking uh, linking up with, with Shopify will be interesting from that perspective. So video, social ad spends, and social commerce as two, three very interesting growing trends on social media do you know what occurs to me about all this stuff uh, and the evolution and i'd be interested in your comment is it feels like um, as a technology person a lot of these um social media platforms phenomena have been built by nerds who had a idea and it's suddenly exploded and it's a little bit like sowing seeds some don't explode because they just don't hit the fertile soil or they're not doing something that people are interested in it would be very difficult to have predicted that you know tiktok little tiny clips of video would have been the thing that exploded but then again it would have also been difficult to predict that twitter which was just like a restricted number of characters that people just broadcast to the world was going to be massive um is it the case still that ideas are scattered out onto the internet and some pick up and some don't and then a business plan evolves from that or is there any kind of social media platform that has always had a, a strategy um i suspect not because it almost seems to be impossible to predict what will stick particularly with young folks and then suddenly uh, the old folks might pick it up uh, at a latter stage so there doesn't seem to be any strategy in putting something out there which is why be real is something that's interesting because it takes a photo with the front camera and the back camera and it also allows you to only take a photo within a two minute window or whatever so that's the central premise of it and it suddenly almost randomly stuck and exploded do you think there's any social platform that has a strategy behind it as to what its usp is going to be or do they just evolve can I answer that quickly, just um, in terms of um, the fact that, that, that all of these platforms uh, started out with, as you say, a, a great idea. It could have been from the, you know, your, your bedroom upstairs or the small garage or a university dorm, you know, with, with, some, with, some, with some fun ideas. But guess what? Uh, that, that strategy worked. It, it, the proposition was clear and it, and, and it started to get noticed all of them, from Facebook to Instagram, Snap, uh, and now Be Real, uh, and 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 but in order to sustain themselves, and even Google to sustain themselves, they have to pivot away 
to something where they can actually monetize it. So it's either subscriptions or it's advertising. So, um, you know, all of them so far have done that. Um, as I say, Snap, when it's the, the, the photographs fallen away, you know, Instagram with, you know, the filters are now moving into commerce. And uh, and similarly, you know, Be Real will need to start, start to seriously figure that out. I mean, Be Real now is phenomenal. To have Saturday Night Live do a skit on uh, for Be Real is incredible. You know, you've even got Trump, you know, looking at, uh, you know, wincing and seeing uh, boxes being taken out of it, of of some person's house, you know. Um, so so I think all of them, uh, Oliver, uh, you know, they do have a strategy, they, they have an idea, they have a strategy, uh, but in order for it to have longevity, it needs to evolve and iterate, and the grown-ups need to come into the room and start to figure out how to how to build the business. You know that happened at Google. Uh, Meta is a different, or Facebook is uh, facing its own sort of individual challenges, where you have uh, a certain you know founder that does not want to release or change or leave uh, the business or leave the room. You know, um, but that's a different story. Um, but Claire, I don't know what, what's your, what's your I thoughts. I think to, uh, that to, to, to people have there. tried to launch these platforms with a business model in hand, uh, and they have failed. So I think Clubhouse was a great example of that of people who were like, you know what, we're going to take this social media trend, but because we're smarter than everybody, we're going to make it monetizable from the first. And guess what? It didn't work. I'm not surprised. People feel that it's inauthentic. There is something very, very very authentic about a lot of these social medias, uh, especially when when they start, when they in, get initiated, when they get picked up, when they go through that hockey curve of more and more people using them. Um, I also think they lose authenticity when they start monetizing, unfortunately, uh, and they also struggle to monetize. I think it's been very interesting to see that all tech stocks and social media stocks have fallen recently, and partly this is because they've they've um, they've announced some bad results but i also think it's because with higher interest rates people are discounting heavily the prospect of future earnings and those those are still future earnings most of them aren't generating a lot of cash still now and you know that 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 they've overemphasized the future potential of being rich but uh now are now realizing with higher interest rates that um they're not that yet I'm not surprised at all about your answers, actually, there. Um, it, it's become a trope, hasn't it, really? The the tech genius who creates something that the kids want and then the grown-ups come in and bloody ruin it with their with their obsession with trying to make money. Zuckerberg's slightly different. He seems to have evolved from a nerd into one of these kind of uh, businessmen. Uh, Maureen, sorry, did you want to make one other point? Oh, oh talking about grown-ups in the room uh, and whether or not they're going to... Uh, going to uh... Uh, destroy or improve certain of these social platforms. Uh, so we would be remiss if we didn't say uh, that Mr. Elon Musk is now the proud owner of, proud in uh, quotations, owner of uh, Twitter. And uh, of course, uh, he walked into the headquarters uh, with a sink, a porcelain sink, um, <laughs> a porcelain sink and a little uh, uh, firing stick that said, uh, the C-suite, off you go. Uh, uh, the sink was, uh, read whatever you want into that. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. Um, uh, and then uh, renamed his uh, himself as the chief twit, which I thought was uh, apt. 
actually apt <laughs> and prescient. <laughs> but yes, so let's see what the next stage of uh, growth uh, development uh, for that social platform. Uh, is there a grown-up in the room or not? We shall see. Nice. What a, a lovely summary. Uh, we have to move on. Time and tide. Wait for no man uh, or woman. And uh, we move on to rumours. So uh, the first one is the acquisition uh, of um, Warner Brothers Discovery, uh, Maury, by Comcast. It's not a rumour. It's, it's a question. There are many observers who are looking to Warner Brothers Discovery as a potential acquisition target. Uh, and there seems to be a trend, a, a, a decision by the current management team of Warner Brothers Discovery to make it as attractive to buyers as possible, including by firing a lot of people and reducing costs, etc. Who are the potential buyers? There aren't that many. And one of the potential uh, buyers who has been mentioned is Comcast, which is obviously a big cable company in the US. They, there would be some logic to this acquisition. Whether Comcast has the money right now, I don't know. It's certainly not something that's been, that's been out or discussed or even hinted at by either parties. But it, it's the sort of thing that might happen, I guess, which is a rumor. Yes, indeed. So, um, have you a particular comment on that, then, Maureen? Even that, even so, was it something that you expected? So, so, so the merger. Uh, you know, cl- clearly, uh, we're seeing a whole host of announcements this week of uh, extraordinary charges, restructuring charges, reorganisation charges. Uh, David Zaslav, in particular, is working very hard to, uh, you know, uh, um, close down non-core businesses. He deems non-core businesses switching off certain investments, you know, stopping certain films like Batgirl, uh, you know, seriously considering what it should do with CNN and the like. So um, so there's a lot of focus on, you know, really uh, right-sizing the business. Um, and, you know, that can either be interpreted as being the normal thing one does or it can be interpreted as being, you know, honing it and grooming it for uh, for, for 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 a sale uh, later on. Uh, my my sense is that I think he's got a he's got a bit more uh, time that he needs to sort of you know execute against his strategic plan, or his uh, you know cost cutting exercises and the like. And I think um, you know this is this will take him another another year to to to, to flush out all of that. So yeah. There is a big deal. There is a big deal that uh, uh, one of the FT journalists, I, I've got to squeeze this in, one of the FT journalists has been noted now to have, have tipped over his skis, as everybody is, uh, is suggesting, which I love that. Oh, yes, I've heard And that, that is yeah. uh, ITV Studios. ITV Studios being carved yeah. out of ITV. A lovely one, you know. And if you think about it, that uh, Carolyn McCall, uh, uh, you know, she saw a bump in the share price by 10%. And you sort of have to wonder, oh. That might be an interesting, an interesting strategic move, and uh, might sort of uh, uh, round out her tenure there as a as a, as, a, as a good move. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm I'm all for carving out ITV Studios. Absolutely, that's my rumor of the day. Nice one, a bonus rumor. Excellent. And the, the the next one that we were going to move on to is about measurement, wasn't it? And I'm I'm assuming this is audience measurement Bob. in the B A R B, uh, and I'm sure this is something that you brought up. Barb. Oh, do you call it Barb? Oh, right. God, I'm so yes. cool. 
B A R V. That's uh, you're right. Okay, fine. Oh dear. Um, is that like calling TikTok T I K T A? Yeah. <laughs> what does TikTok stand for? Or something like that. Or something equally embarrassing. No, there's just a, uh, there's been a lot of, of I mean there's there's been a lot of discussions around measurement in the UK and in the US. Uh, traditionally, Barb has been measuring things in the UK and Nielsen in the US. Nielsen went through a bit of a crisis last year. Uh, when a lot of U.S. broadcasters said they didn't want to listen to to them anymore and didn't trust their measurement, uh, there has also been a constant uh, problem with the streamers not subscribing to them. So you you know the exact audience of Strictly Come Dancing results, but you don't know how many people watch Stranger Things um, in the U.K. Now, because as we all know, Netflix is um, is going to carry ads, they're going to have to start reporting on audiences, and they have signed up with Barb in the U.K., uh, to start sh- disclosing some audience measurement data. It's not quite clear exactly how much, but it is it is a move, I think, in the right direction in terms of transparency. Uh, I, the rumors, there are rumors floating around about consolidation in the measurement space. I'm not I'm not feeling comfortable enough to go through them in more detail than that, but there's def- that's definitely a space that is currently in a lot of flux. I guess once everything's served on the internet, won't it be... A mute point because we'll know exactly who is consuming which bit and which bite or is that too simplistic yeah because it's uh there's some of these walled gardens so you wouldn't be able to get access to the data so netflix typically the netflix doesn't tell anyone i mean they don't even tell producers how many people have watched their shows uh so you could produce a whole show for netflix and never know how many people have watched it they have that data, obviously, but they don't share it. So that's the big question. Uh, the the other thing, obviously, that is also true is that it doesn't always help to have too much data. And there's something around internet measurement, which is called false accuracy, I think, where you've just had so much information, so much data that it's kind of hard to see the wood for the trees. Now, Bob and traditionally, Bob and Nielsen, what they do is they take a sample of the population and they put a black box under your TV if you're part of their sample and they measure that. And it's imperfect, but actually a lot of data shows that it's it's less imperfect than less aggregated data in some ways. It's it can be improved, but it's not always necessarily the, the worst way of measurement. That's quite interesting because it normally attracts people who like being measured, you know, who like being part of something, which might skew it. But apparently, if you, I suppose if you get a big enough sample, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't do that. Let's move on. Black Panther in France. Now, because it says Black Panther in France, my automatic instinct is to go to you, uh, Claire. Yeah, this is just an update because we talked about it. Uh, Netflix, no, Disney had sort of started playing bad guy with uh, the French regulators and said that if they didn't change their window, their complex windowing system, they wouldn't release Black Panther in cinemas and would only release it on Disney+. Plus. I think it was always a bluff and it didn't work, although they've couched it as uh, we've had some very productive conversation with the French regulator and there's a discussion around windows. I do think France is going to change their windowing. But in the short term, uh, Disney has agreed to or has decided to release Black Panther 2 in cinemas. I don't think they were ever going to miss that. That is going to be one of their big launches this year. It was going to be more com- more complicated for them to not release it in cinemas than, than for the French cinema industry, I think, to some extent. So it, good news for our French listeners. They can go to the movies and see Black Panther 2. Excellent. And whilst we're on the French government uh, um, and... Uh their power and indeed they're winning they called the bluff of disney there was also this um 
wrangling that Google had with the French government about that large merger of two um, highly influential uh, uh, TV outfits. Um, is there an update on that this week, Claire? Well, I think there were rumors or certainly the people thought that Google had put pressure on the government to, to uh, rule against the merger of this is the TF1 M6 merger. I mean, I... I'm not that. I, I think it's absolutely certain that Google uh, and indeed probably other players uh, lobbied quite hard against it. And I'm sure they have had conversations with the, both the regulator and the government. But to be honest, I think it was always very, very unlikely to be approved, that merger. It was so big uh, that it was, you know, it would be like BBC One and ITV merging. It, you know, it, it would have been very difficult for the government to rule in favour of the merger. So while I'm sure that's true, that Google was, you know, pushing against the merger, I I would assume that that wasn't the decisive factor. Yeah, the argument was it was there, the, the, the merger exists in a much bigger pool than just mm -hmm. TV, but it sounded like a, sounded like a kind of weak argument. Um are we ready to go on to long and short? Because we are running out of time. Uh, for the for the record, Maureen is um, very expressive today in her body language, which is uh, always entertaining. It's giving me some direction just through a series of uh, movements of her, of her head. Uh, but it, it's certainly uh, the, the traditional um, nodding of the head uh, suggests that we do move forward with positivity. Um, so let's let's go on to long and short. I was going to say Prime Ministers of the United Kingdom, given uh, when we're recording this, but I don't, don't think I'll actually put that to the crowd. But I will start with one that's a big one, actually, which is tech stock generally. Maureen, long or short? Short. Uh, and Claire? Yes, short at the moment, and I think it's it's a bit of a reckoning moment. I think uh, some of the over optimism on long term earnings is being tampered right now, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I just took a quick look, so it looks like Meta is down seventy percent year to date. So uh, pretty, pretty, pretty staggering number that is. Pretty staggering fall. Yeah, I mean it, it is long short, but anyway, you're still saying short, um, so yeah, you short. don't think they'll recover. <laughs> Yes, still short. <laughs> short is the operative word. Short is the operative word this week. All yeah, of the I journalists were all of the journalists were talking about short, 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 short. And I think that's just because Rishi is not a man of he's a man of great height, but not in stature. Yo, oh, that's right. Oh, that's why we're saying short. Yes, he's surprisingly short, um, sadly. Um, whether that's a sad or a bad thing. Well, I as I told many people, French the French uh, have a history of sh of sh short and stature <laughs> leaders. So I'm comfortable with that. Not necessarily with this one specifically, but with the lack of stature in this case. Right. Uh, good. Well, that's, uh, yes, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom we have uh, established is uh, short. Uh, Elon, Chief Twit. I'm going to go to Maureen again first on this. Long or short? Uh, long. <laughs> He'll <laughs> remain a Chief Twit for a long time. <laughs> and Claire? Oh, I don't know. I'm going to say short. I just thought, I mean, I think Maureen's probably right, but uh, as a matter of principle, I can't go long on Elon. So I'm going to go short. I don't know. You just just feel like one of those people is going to be around a long time. Um, commerce on this is a good one. Commerce on social media. I'll start with uh, Claire this time. Mm, I think long, but I think it's going to be a, a long way to long. It's, it's not going to take off until a, a little bit longer from from now. And Maureen, uh, uh, short because I think uh, Claire's own advice would be that it's short. 
uh, but she's staying long, but it's short. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I was surprised that you were talking about the barrier to people giving over their um, details. Uh, I, you, you wonder whether that will be got over eventually because eventually people get confident. Although my, my dad won't give his credit card details over to anybody. He will post checks still. But God bless him, he's 94. So uh, Meta is the next uh, long and short. We will go to Maureen. Short. Oh, interesting. Claire? Short. Yeah. Ah, surprising. Reasonably. They, they've had, WhatsApp's had another global outage this week as well. They're having tech problems on top of everything else. Oh, yeah, that's true. And yeah. If you, and if you haven't yet, I know we don't have time, but if you haven't yet read it, so look at the journalist who went in and spent some time uh, at, the, uh, at the reality labs. Oh, yes, we didn't talk about uh, the and they 15 billion they've spent yeah, on the metaverse. Yeah, 15 billion already on the metaverse that, uh, that the journalist said looked like, felt like, sounded like, so it must be second life. Yeah, that's what I always thought about the metaverse. We're very cynical in the digital organisation here, Arthur D. Little, with regard, with regard uh, metaverse. It does sound like uh, virtual headsets, but uh, anyway, let's move on. Uh, Snapchat, 26% down in shares, uh, which might give a hint as to which way you're going. Uh, Claire? Short. I think, yes, they, they need to either partner or... Yes, I, I think they need they need a new strategy, Snapchat. To be honest, I'm Maureen. Short for the same Ooh. reasons. Yeah, interesting. And Pinterest, which is something I've never really got, but perhaps that's because I'm not a teenage girl. I don't know, uh, Maureen. Uh, it's a difficult one. Um, it, it it has a place, but it's just fading away uh, without a trace. So uh, short. Claire? I'm going to go long on Pinterest, uh, partly because I know a lot of 17-year-olds who use it, which is always a good sign, and partly because it's, la it's less splashy and less obvious and less in your face than a lot of the other social networks, but it has continuously uh, you know, had a steady growth. So yeah, I'm going to go long on Pinterest. Oh, steady growth is good. I didn't realise that. That's interesting. And finally, I know the answer to this one because I've been listening, as I do intently every episode. But I know the answer. Uh, MIPCOM slash trade conferences in media. And I will start with Maureen. Long. I knew it. Claire. Yes, long. And I want to go next time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are going, Claire. We are going. <laughs> and Oliver, yeah, no, you're coming do. too. Oliver, you're coming too. And we're doing our podcast. Yeah. Live. Uh, oh, that would be amazing. And we will video it. It'll be outside. Live be from the croissant. Yes. Live from the croissant with a glass of uh, Angelina Jolie's rosé wine. And I specifically say Angelina Jolie because I think she'll win the case and she'll get the vineyard. <gasps> there's, there's, a, there's a prediction for you to finish the episode. <laughs> Oh yeah, Brangelina. Oh well, hang on. Are we we're just going into hello territory here? Um, I think we should <laughs> um, uh, stick with what we're good at. Um, we're there. We're at the end. We are out of time. Uh, as usual, I thank you. I've learned tons as ever. So uh, it only remains for me to say um, thank you again. And also, should we tease about the next episode? Maybe we uh, we're thinking in terms of maybe the three becoming four. Yeah, uh, a bit like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. We have very, very a obscure reference. Fantastic guest joining yes. us next time, and we're going to be talking about kids' content, so don't miss it. Yeah, and um, we are not. Are we going to reveal? We're not going to reveal who the guest is, right? 
we're just gonna not yet uh, no. okay fine so stay stay on our social media which doesn't include tiktok but maybe it should uh for, for more news of our special guest and our special on kids uh kids broadcast kids media uh in the meanwhile thank you very much claire brilliant as ever thank you very much oliver and maureen also brilliant as ever merci beaucoup au revoir in the to stay in theme with the lip gum. <laughs> that was fairly english sounding french accent but it was beautiful vocabulary <laughs> um I, I, I wish you both uh, a wonderful time before we meet again thanks again Great episode. See you next time when three become four. Bye for now.